welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? We give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps and I'm here with Elizabeth Helley and boy, I mean, Tyler Hymanson. Boy, boy, boy. <laughs> yeah, creepy. Uh, well, welcome, you guys. It's an exciting time for us here at Sequel Rights, as it always is when we're starting a brand new franchise from the start. This week, we're talking about Phantasm from 1979. But before we get too far into it, uh, Elus, where can people reach out to us? Yeah. Send us an email, sequelrights at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and suggestions for future franchises. Or you can reach out to us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Sequel Rights. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we really appreciate it. Helps more people find the podcast, get a climb in the lists. Uh, if you put in your review, uh, we're looking for recommendations for holiday movies. Holiday movies are coming up, mm. and we've done a lot of those big franchises. Yeah. There's a, a holiday franchise that you enjoy you know put it in your comment and uh we just might do it that's right but before that we get into spooky season (laughs) my favorite time of the year (laughs) halloween times uh we already got the pumpkin spice going out here you know enter the fall dome we're not sponsored by native but uh other podcasts i listen to are and i bought their stupid pumpkin spice latte soap so we're gonna see what that <laughs> we're gonna see what that uh smells like this week um but anyways we're talking about don coscarelli's phantasm and uh without further ado take it away definition guy <laughs> phantasm the delusion of a disordered mind a phantom a spirit a ghost. For nearly four days it has been contained, but evil always has a way of breaking free. Tommy's gone. It's hard to believe. It was a good idea not to let your little brother come to the funeral. Hey, I don't like this place. Something weird is going on up there. Funeral is about to begin, sir. What's wrong with you? There's something up there. I saw it. You got some kind of an overactive imagination or something? I know you're not going to believe this, but these things were here. Oh, give me a break. Oh, oh, man. I know that was a long trailer, but I just really liked the way that one sounded. <laughs> <laughs> it and, has like the whole beginning of the movie in it. I know it's good. It's a good introduction for those of you who may yeah. just be tuning in, not having seen the movie for whatever reason, not, not knowing who the tall man is. That's right. Much like I did before. yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So Elis, you had never seen this movie. No, I didn't. I, ha- I don't even know that I had really heard of it. I think maybe I thought it was the phantom or something like the comic book. You're character. like, when's he gonna sing? Oh, where's and where, when's Billy Zane gonna show up? Where's the yeah. mask? I, I mean, if he had sung, that would have been awesome. But uh, yeah, I, I knew nothing Zane about it. Yeah, I knew I knew absolutely nothing about it. Um, just that Tyler was excited about it and uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> that it was spooky in some way. Nice, and Tyler, you had, you had seen it, of course. Right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Nice. Yeah, this one, this one I had actually watched fairly recently um, because, uh, well, I had bought the, you know, Mondo put out a uh, awesome, you know, vinyl record of the score for this mm-hmm. uh, by Fred Myro and um, what's the other guy's name? Malcolm Seagrave. Uh, and so, you know, on some of these scores that I buy, like, I'm like, I want to watch the movie first and then listen to the record. So, uh, I watched the movie on Amazon and, uh, yeah. So it was fun getting to watch it again here with a little bit more of a critical eye than to just like enjoy it. Well, um, and also we all got the privilege of watching it on the bad robot restored. Yes. Uh, nice clean print of the movie that you can, that's the version that's up on Amazon, uh, prime now. Yeah. And it, it's the best I've ever seen this movie. Look like I've, I, I saw it, 
years ago and it must have been on some bootleg dvd or worse mm-hmm. <laughs> um and i have never i had never seen it look this good nice yeah i was wondering if you guys were going to be like huh bad robot what is i was <laughs> i was like oh okay i mean that kind of like for me immediately put like i mean not that i not that I uh, blindly trust JJ after what happened, but uh, you know, it, it put it, it added an air of legitimacy yeah. to the the film that bad robot would care enough. To well, just- you you knew it was going to be spooky when you saw that bad robot logo because the dead speak. That's true. The dead do speak. <laughs> the dead speak. exclamation point. <laughs> the dead speak. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, um, I just love I love their retro logo too. I'm like I want I want to I don't yeah, know if there's more movies that. that have that, but uh, I want to see. It yeah, I was like I don't know whose job it is to dig through old horror movies to find for Bad Robot to like restore, but like I want that job. Like I, hire me. I would love to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, yeah, I'm glad that happened. So like, yeah, in 2016, uh, J.J. Abrams like became involved in uh, bringing this restoration. So yeah, the one that is available everywhere to watch online on on uh, Shutter and Amazon Prime is the remastered version, which... And speaking of something that rhymes with remaster, uh, the director is also going through this crazy thing right now where they can't find the original Beastmaster print. Oh, I saw uh, that. Which is that they're, they're like, they can't find the original print of the movie, but they're trying to find that so they can get a restoration. Uh, Beastmaster, another uh, series by Don Corsicelli that people have often suggested that we do. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, yeah, I'm interested. Uh, I guess, uh, I don't know if you guys want to walk through this or want to give your thoughts here. Um, walk through the mausoleum. Yes. Walk through this, uh, <laughs> the mortuary, the Morningside <laughs> well, what, mortuary. What's the year? 1970? 1979. So it was shot in 77 and completed okay. in 77, uh, but it didn't get distribution until 79. Interesting. Yeah, just because there's so many, you know, things that you see in this movie that you're like, oh, that reminds me of blah, but it's like, you know, two decades before Twin Peaks or, yeah. you know, like well, Halloween. It, actually came out, it came out before Racerhead and Halloween. He yeah. made it. Yeah. So it like the mausoleum really gave me like serious uh, yeah. red room like type vibes. Uh, so, so yeah, that, that, that just is what kind of came across to me. But yeah, it's amazing that. Well, I, I didn't know, not knowing anything about it, and then just seeing the picture on Amazon, you don't know that there's going to be any sci-fi stuff. You're just like, okay, like, <laughs> creepy dude, he looks kind of like the um, uh, the poltergeist guy, you know, like, it's going to probably be scary, dead uh-huh. bodies or something like that. And then all of a sudden, like, that silver thing comes out, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how? why are there Jawas in this movie? Yeah, why are there Jawas before <laughs> there was Jawas? Jawas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah uh that is i mean i think that's some of the uh what makes this movie great is because there's just like the entire movie even all the way up to the very end you're just like what is happening what is going on i want to know what the deal is with these this dude the tall man played by the angus scrim sir who is just Dude's like about a, to begin yeah just a force to be reckoned with in this movie um but yeah, yeah, let's let's like go over the, I don't know, the central premise, which is that there's a spooky that there's an ice cream man who plays guitar. Yeah, the <laughs> nicest oh, ice cream man ever. <laughs> he's like he's not. That's creepy the central at all. premise. I think he's not creepy at all. He's just like a nice guy. No, he's incredibly creepy. He's bald, but he has a ponytail. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but he doesn't do anything creepy. It's the, it's the 70s, Elias. All he does is all he does is try to save people. Yeah. <laughs> the entire movie is like, I found all these people and I helped them escape and then he gets killed. Like for trying to help true, a for trying to yeah, help. Every time I saw his hair, I was like, wow. Okay, I would never maybe, let my children buy ice cream from him. Yeah, maybe he looks like a creep, but like he's not actually. A creep. Yeah, maybe he looks like a little too much like Ron Howard's brother. But <laughs> he's gonna raise his dead friend's kid, uh, uh, not kid brother. Um, anyways, yeah. So uh, we've got the Morningside uh, Mortuary, right? Morningside Cemetery, which, I think. which was which was apparently uh, a real place. Uh, the the. Uh, it's now called Forest Long Forest Long Long Beach, but the previously in the seventies it was, uh, or actually earlier than that, it was the Morningside Mortuary, which is the actual name of a location in Long Beach, not where they shot this, but based off a real place. 
Interesting. Isn't Morningside the name of the daycare in Toy Story 3? Uh, I think that's correct. Or maybe it's Sunnyside. Oh, sure. you're right. It's Sunnyside. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. That would be funny if that was like a Phantasm <laughs> reference. Yeah. yeah, Phantasm reference. I wouldn't be surprised. Bad, no, neither would I. <laughs> Yeah, so we kind of we kind of open on this dude like making out with some girl and mm-hmm. like, you know, as you do in the cemetery, they're 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 having <laughs> sex um and then all of a sudden uh, you know, right after he's done, I guess, she pulls out a knife and stabs him in the chest. And there's a weird cut of it showing the tall man for a second and you're just like, "What?" Yeah, like well, okay, so spoiler alert the tall man does this tries to do this twice yeah and i'm like i bet you that he convinces himself that he's not gay because he's only (laughs) turning into a girl to like seduce the guys to kill them and whatnot but i'm like if you wait until after they finish and then (laughs) you stab them with the ritualistic dagger i'm sorry dude it's a power move yeah yeah Yeah. you might like dudes it was kind of like the second time when he's doing it to jody i was like why do you have to go that far i mean he's already like he's already pretty uh you know so an amazing (laughs) detail about that scene uh i'm listening to don corsichelli's uh book uh true indie and i was listening a little bit today and there's some some good phantasm stories is that the jody and the the girl were actually engaged to be married uh but they did not want to uh disrobe in front of each other uh before the ceremony and so they had to use like a bunch of body doubles and different things to get around this what are they Uh, mormon I don't I don't know. I don't know that <laughs> he did not go into more detail, uh, but uh, it was. <laughs> so you're saying like he was probably really faking his reaction when she takes her top off and he's well, like, oh, yeah, I was a completely different person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. <But> yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was the brother, wasn't it? <laughs> they both they both do it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> is that a young Owen Wilson? So no, yeah. Wow. wow. Ah. The brother was looking through the binoculars from so far away, <laughs> obscured by so many bushes and trees. I was like, there is no way that he could see those boobs from this far away. Like that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he was into it, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's their method. They they bring guys into the graveyard with this girl who has sex with them and then they kill them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. turn and them into jawas something happens to them yeah <laughs> they get yeah, squished they down into into... they shove them into a barrel <laughs> and somehow they become a jawa <laughs> yeah. yeah it's not jawa fully barrel. explained it's not fully classic explained. jawa barrel <laughs> <laughs> so the main characters are these two brothers jody who we've already discussed and mike who's like the little brother he's what 13 mm-hmm. and their parents have died in a mysterious car crash or something. Mm-hmm. And then Jody's, Jody's in a band, but yeah, he's in a band. the only person in a band who owns a suit. Yeah. And then <laughs> one guy in the band is the first guy who gets killed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tommy. Yeah. And to clarify, the other member of the band is main character, ice cream man and guitar player, Reggie. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite uh, powers of the tall man. That's not really explained or gone into more is the fact that he can like, make Mike crash his uh, little dirt bike by just like waving his hand or looking toward him. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. He has some like psychokinesis powers for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Which is cool. But only over Yamaha's. <laughs> yeah. Well, he does like blast open a door and some other yeah. stuff uh, later, like a, like a Dracula later on in the, <laughs> later on in the movie. There's a lot of Dracula stuff he does. Yeah. yeah. Reggie and Jody are talking at the funeral. Like, Oh, it's a good thing that you didn't like let Mike come to this funeral because he had nightmares for weeks after mom and dad's funerals. And so they're like, Oh yeah, we left him at home and told, them not to come and he is like he rides his dirt his his motorized dirt bike there and mm-hmm. then like watches through binoculars and this is the first of probably a dozen times in this movie that jody leaves mike at home and says don't follow me don't leave the house <laughs> yeah uh and like that's basically the main thing of this movie is that okay stay here don't leave and then five seconds later he leaves like i'm not kidding probably a dozen times 
this kid can't be contained. Well, also yeah. like every time the brother Jody goes like, I'm going to go do a thing. Like the, the tall man shows up to get Mike every time. So you'd think they would have yeah. learned by the, the end of the movie. Like maybe we should just stick together. Cause he always seems to show up where you're going to be. Well, and we know that Jody is a real fast learner because there's one point where <laughs> there is a severed finger uh, from the tall man that spewed yellow blood that is still alive in a box. And you, we, and there's a cut where, uh, Mike has just told, obviously told Jody the whole story, the whole crazy thing that he just ha- that just happened, and he just opens up the box, the fingers still wiggling, and Mike just and Jody just goes, "Okay, <laughs> I believe everything." <laughs> yeah, which was amazing. And it's not a joke. It's not anything. It's just like I'm a hundred percent on board. <laughs> which is yeah. I mean, like, what else are you supposed to do when you're faced with? What is obviously, uh, I mean, unless you're just going to think it's a joke finger or something. Well, after he sees that finger, he's like, all right, we're going to formulate a plan. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this and we're going to do a gun lecture. And then we're going to like take all these guns. You stay here and I'm going to go tell the sheriff. And then he goes, he doesn't ever reach the sheriff. And even though there's like 10 other opportunities where they could have just gone and, and alerted law enforcement at any moment they never do they no. just keep deciding to do stupider and stupider <laughs> things to go investigate on their own yeah i never understood the, like why jody after my after his brother mike tells him that whole story would then yeah be like i'm gonna go confront this dude myself yeah <laughs> i'm gonna go in that same way that you went in and probably get caught in the same exact way <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of like, okay, but wouldn't you want to just go with multiple people now? I do think that that Mike does have one of the best ways of getting out of a locked room. That like it's such a kid's logic. Like it's such like a thirteen year old. Like I'm gonna take this shotgun shell and hit it with that a hammer on the great. door and to get out. And it's like, yes, like that's awesome. That's still awesome to me. But like it's such a thirteen year old's fantasy. It was yeah. like a hillbilly Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, I think like Mike kind of being like the central character that everything is happening through is like one of the reasons why people love this movie so much because it's kind of like, you know, maybe they saw it when they were a kid or, you know, it's one of those movies where it's like the kid is there trying to, you know, tell all the dumb adults what's going on and taking charge and figuring out the mystery. And he's the one kind of dealing with the tall man the whole time by himself and ultimately is like, I guess, kind of the hero at the end or who knows what happens at the end there? Yeah, it's like it's like almost the meta story that you see now of like somebody who knows the rules of the horror movie trying to stop everybody before there was any rules of the horror movie. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. the slasher genre. Like it's it's really interesting. Um, and, and I think I, I completely agree. Like it's probably one of the reasons why it has so much staying power and why so many kids, you know, have fallen in love with it. Or, or, or when you see this movie at that age, it's just such an exciting thing. Yeah. And there's all these like, yeah, there's, it's, there's a lot of these like proto like nightmare on Elm street moments and stuff yep. where it's like, they're getting attacked in their dreams kind of situation. And there's lots of crazy dream logic stuff going on throughout the movie that I think mm-hmm. is really, really cool where you just kind of kept guessing the whole time. Like, is this really happening or what's going on here? Yeah. Well, yeah, you have the, all those scenes with the fortune tellers that let you know. Oh my God. The fortune tellers. <laughs> the fortune teller. That was probably one of my favorite parts that they're just like punking this kid. Yeah, just fucking with him. (laughs) The fact that the grandma like cracks up laughing after he leaves is just so great. (laughs) Even though they did make that box, you know, materialize out of nowhere. Yeah, that Dune box. With the help of me. I know. As soon as that happened, I was like, oh, yeah, that's totally like that trailer we just saw. Yeah. (laughs) Or the book that he probably read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I haven't read the book, so I don't know how it's described in the book. But yes, 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 yes. I can only go off that. It's visual. it's a it's a direct lift. <laughs> <laughs> Those fortune teller people were just so creepy. Like the grandma didn't talk, and the the granddaughter was like translating for her, and they both had like these, I don't know, like tattoos or drawings of like weird stars on their faces. Yeah. Like, and it was just super weird. <laughs> <laughs> this movie gets strange, right? Like, it is off putting. Um, yeah, I mean, that's why it's like, it's very unsettling. And like the, I loved the, the first time that, you know, Jody is walking through the mortuary and, you know, Mike is outside with the binoculars the first time. And you're starting to hear those weird noises and see like glimpses of little things like mm-hmm. running just off screen. I love that, that moment. Um, cause it's so freaky. Cause you like, have no idea what's going on. And the, 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 the sounds are so like, you know, they're, they're not like, 
the greatest special effect noises you've ever heard in your life. It literally yeah. sounds like someone going, <laughs> but it's just like creepy that it's, this sounds like this home recorded, like handmade creepy noise. I don't know. I, I just really like it. Well, and like, that's, I guess now's a good time to talk about like how this movie came about. Like Don Corsa Kelly, when he made it was 22. Uh, he used, he, he'd made some movies before, um, but this was the, the biggest movie and like, it was just his own money and shooting it on weekends uh, mm-hmm. and putting it together. And like, there's a lot of shots and crazy shit in this movie that looks great. Like that. I, I is like, Elis, you know, now like, like with, with production and you're dealing with people and like, you think even with all this modern technology, like making movies is fucking hard. Yeah. And like this movie just has so much shit. And like to think that they, they did it with these giant 35 millimeter Panavision cameras is crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, who knows if it's true because it was all in the IMDb trivia, but there was a bunch of stuff about like they would rent the equipment on Friday and bring it back on Monday. So they only had to pay for like one oh, that's day rental. That's, that's and, like, definitely all, a thing. All the things like that and like just all the shortcuts that they had to take to try and get this thing made. Um, yeah, it's super interesting. I guess part of the reason that Bad Robot ended up restoring it, this is also in the trivia, that J.J. Um, Abrams reached out to him and said, hey, can you like have a screening for me of the movie? And he was like, oh, I really don't have like a nice copy. I feel really uh, bad about it, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, really? Okay, well, let me have my company restore it. And that's how this <laughs> all came about apparently. That's awesome. Um, well, so, yeah. yeah, it's just interesting. And JJ uh, and JJ like apparently named Captain Phasma. Yeah. After yep. uh, after the Phantasm because of the uh, chrome sphere that we see in Phantasm. Pretty crazy. Yeah. So I mean, it's we think this is all going to be dead body, ghosty, something sinister going on, and right. then yeah, it just turns to sci-fi. <laughs> so weirdly, <Yeah. laughs> um, which I just didn't see coming at all. I don't know. If you guys can remember, like the first time you saw that, if you knew that that was in the works or what, but no, I had no idea. And even, even the second, you know, even watching it the second time, you're still just, I just love like part of what I love about the movie is that you're just like the entire time they're like slowly piecing out. Like the first thing you see is, you know, the tall man lifting that casket all by himself. And you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) Okay. What's going on there? And then you see him like, yeah, like you said, throw Mike off the the um, bike and all this other stuff and just weird thing after weird thing. And like it's slowly like laid out. But even like once you get to the end, after you've seen the stuff on the other planet and the gateway and the the, the tar buckets and all that stuff, like it's you're still like left kind of like, what is going on? I don't understand. <laughs> and it makes me so excited to see like, you know, what happens in, in these future installments. Yeah, Definitely. Um, so one Which, thing. So who were all the like guys in the movie, Tyler? Are they just like his friends or were they just like? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, so so he did a movie before this that was like a coming of age movie. And like that's where he met the kid. Like they did an open casting call and like the kid was just fantastic. Um, and uh, the the. Reggie is was like a, a <laughs> prominent actor at Long Beach State or Cal State Long Beach um and had been in a couple of other movies so like yeah just guys that they kind of gravitated around and and had been around that they wanted to work with the uh the brother older brother was like some local dude from catalina who like used to like he grew up on catalina it was crazy Hmm. yeah Yeah. i mean so maybe the acting could have been a little better in some parts (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to be mean but you know, it's sort of like an interesting thing where this guy who's probably like 19 or maybe 20 at most is trying to raise his younger brother after his parents died. Mm-hmm. And it's so <laughs> it's really kind of like ham handedly done where <laughs> he's not very like nice to him. Like within earshot, he says to someone like at full volume, like, Oh, he's so annoying. Like he gets, it's like he can sense that I'm gonna leave him. He just he follows me everywhere, and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna send him off to live with his aunt. But like, ugh. so 
apparently with that the movie there's a cut like the first cut of the movie was incredibly long and there's apparently like a bunch of scenes cut out that develops their relationship that i could only imagine would be even more awkward but like the scenes that he describes are yeah like there's a scene of them having a turkey dinner or spending a lot of time with this aunt (laughs) the aunt who's not even in the movie at all exactly (laughs) wow okay um but yeah, I mean, I really did get the sense that Mike was very sad and could sense this, not just because he's creepy, but because he heard him <laughs> say it out loud. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, he's like, my brother's so creepy. He could tell I'm going to leave. How did he know? Even though he can hear me right now, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, it was a little bit weird that he like just went running after him on foot. Like when he that was rides weird. his bike. He, he often went running after him. It made me think of it follows kind bar. of actually. Like, cause like he's always following him. Like he's yeah. always like, like it, it seems like the kid's just on his dirt bike roaming around. Like if it was a six sense situation reversed where he was dead the whole time, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his creepy following does end up saving his brother's life a couple times, sure. but still it's like, okay. I definitely get how it could be annoying, but also like, if you want to get rid of your brother that you're supposed to be raising, I don't think you talk about it with an earshot of him. Like, <laughs> no, in that you, you'd shunt the door shut with a screwdriver and then go downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, this kid can drive a motor vehicle. Uh, even though he's only 13, he can like stunt drive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's really good. He can shoot guns. He can stunt drive. He can uh, escape. He can, he can escape uh, homemade escape rooms. <laughs> <laughs> he can do it all. He could do it all. Oh man. Um, what else? Uh, I mean, so much. This movie. <laughs> uh, it there's so. I don't know how much of the budgetary issues uh, contributed to the structure of this movie, but there are several points where it just cuts to black and there is dialogue being shouted in terms of what's happening. (laughs) I thought that part was cool with the, when the lights go out. Oh yeah, that was cool. Absolutely. But I think that it's also it's a complete change of like how that scene was supposed to go. I feel like I feel like that it was definitely like he's immediately outside afterwards. Oh, yeah. You don't ever see them escape. They're just no. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, we didn't get that one. OK, well. Yeah, but I think uh, I mean, if that is what happened, it ends up working being like a cool. Moment. Oh, yeah, no, it works. That's what I, I guess that's what I was trying to say is get into the conversation of we talk about it has this dreamlike structure and this off putting um pace to it and it has a lot of dream logic and like that i think that that example of the lights going out and it feeling like a low budget indie film solve and it working uh is is a testament to the creative problem solving and it also makes me bring into question how much of that dream logic was intentional or how much was it just finding creative solutions around the immense difficulty of making a movie when you're 22 with your own money yeah yeah, and I mean, it, some of it might have come too. I mean, I think the I think the Wikipedia mentions this, and I, I don't know where they got the information from, but they often uh, I find it's pulled from you know special features on Blu-rays that are out and stuff. But yep. apparently, you, you were talking about them cutting down the longer cut, and I think a lot of that kind of like dream logic edits and stuff come maybe from having to do that as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. He actually tells a story in the book where his then brother-in-law was a psychology major and they did like their own test screening and they made like what to his knowledge what the first questionnaire for a test screening was of like did you like the scene did you not like the scene and they cut heavily based on that Mm. yeah man one thing i uh go ahead oh i was just gonna say speaking of the speaking of the blu-ray like i knew there was like a blu-ray collection out for this but apparently it is so popular that it's out of print uh, and I, I was well. devastated because I was looking at all the special features on the well go USA, like distributed Blu-ray collection. And it looks very impressive. And I am sad that I can't watch those <laughs> without paying like, you know, 200 plus dollars or yeah, they were all very expensive. Mm-hmm. <sighs> sad times. And not even the one that comes in the ball. I know. <laughs> I gotta There's add it to comes in a ball in the yeah. sphere. Yeah. We, I would have put it right next to my home alone 
paint can, uh, paint paint can, can yeah. and your I was about to say garbage pail. Yeah. Oh, your Fast and Furious tire. Yeah, yeah. And oh, my. Speaking of Fast and Furious, did Dom Toretto steal this guy's car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were you gonna say, Elis? Uh, I was gonna say I really appreciated the realism of uh, the first guy that gets his head drilled into by the silver ball uh, thing, and then the blood comes out. And when he drops on the floor, you <laughs> don't see a puddle of blood; you see a puddle of pee. Yeah. And I was like, "Wow, so few horror <laughs> movies like admit to the fact that these people probably piss themselves." Yeah, <laughs> that was great. I enjoyed that. The sphere is such a, it, you know, uh, yeah, it's like an iconic thing. And it's funny that like, um, I think, you know, maybe it gets further explained in the, in the, uh, sequels coming up, but it's like barely even in, in the movie. But I guess you could say it probably has like, the, that is probably like the coolest moment as far as like special effects. Or it something. is. Yes. Uh, and it's just such a, I think the fact that it's like totally unexplained and you're just like, what the fuck? And we even get to see like <laughs> sphere vision at one point and you're just like, what's going on with this sphere? Uh, I just love that. Like that was something that was totally latched on to. <laughs> yeah. I also really liked the hand getting stuck in the door. And then when he sliced up, the <laughs> yeah. fingers, just this inexplicable, like neon yellow blood comes out yeah. and you're like, what? And these like ungodly, like non-human screams coming from behind the door. And you're like, yeah. And then the finger that he takes home with him turns into like a beetle monster. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, I think he fed the finger after midnight and it turned into a a gremlin. (laughs) Fun fact about the beetle monster. His mom made it. (laughs) And she did all like a lot of the makeup and a lot of the, and, and did all the crafty and did everything else. But like she did the, uh, fake skin makeup and put like a piece of plastic to protect from the drill for the ball scene. I do think one of the, one of the moments that I enjoy, like, you know, knowing that it's such a low budget production is like the, the time when, uh, he's trapped that little, like beetle bug thing in his, uh, shirt. And he's like walking down the stairs, (laughs) like, Oh, Oh oh God, it's flying over here. (laughs) And and you, you just know that he's like faking all that stuff, but it looks really good. And even when his brother joins in, then he's like, they're all fighting against acting. There was great. Oh man. It's so good. Never, never did I believe Jody's acting more than when he showed Mike the tear in his jean jackets. (laughs) He's like, Oh, Mike's going to get it. Is alien bug you brought into my house tore my jean jacket. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and it goes after uh, you know everyone's favorite character Reggie as Reggie. well. I love how Reggie just hambles in after they've thrown this bug down the garbage disposal. They're just like, "Hey, everybody, how's it going?" And then they try to have a fake tension where they're trying to pretend everything's normal. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, if of all people, Reggie's gonna understand. <laughs> I didn't really think that they were trying to pretend like everything's normal. I think that they were just in shock still and reggie just came in and started spouting off whatever bullshit he was saying and that they just didn't bother to interrupt him because they were just so like paralyzed in shock yeah i like that read speaking of reggie i do think it's funny that the first time you see them him pull up in the ice cream truck and everything and the like, shot is incredible he 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 pulls up in the ice cream truck and then pulls out a guitar and i was like the first time i watched this i was like Oh man, this ice cream man really has to work really hard. He's got to play his own music to try to sell the ice cream. <laughs> I thought that too. I was like, why is there a guitar strapped to the side of the ice cream? <laughs> yeah. It turns out, oh no, he was just like going to band practice to play with Jody or I don't even know if that was Jody outside. I, c- I couldn't tell, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> is that Jody that he plays guitar with outside or is it some other random yes. dude? Oh no, it's Jody. It's yeah, Jody. I, c- I, couldn't, I couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> no because jody when he's in a different outfit looks wildly different like there's a point where he's like he's driving his muscle car when he's in his suit he looks like the responsible brother that would be taking care of his little brother then yeah, he looks like like there's that it's, moment it's really weird there's a moment at the end where mike looks at that photo of him with, holding a guitar and i was like when did you when did he ever play guitar in the movie is, is that what he, he was known well, no, for tony was in the band with him <laughs> tommy tommy yeah See, jesus <laughs> Uh, no, I had, uh, as with all older movies, uh, I had a little bit of a hard time, like, distinguishing between um, 
you know, middle-aged or old white guys yep. um, for a while because there's like the tall man, but at the beginning, there's also like other dudes around that eventually get killed. And I was kind of like, wait, who, what? And then eventually it narrowed down to just the tall man. And so I was like, okay. So what you're saying is that Reggie's strategy of having a hairstyle that made him distinct worked mm-hmm. because you remember him from the other That's people. That's true. I like, did remember him. He's an ice cream man and he has a ponytail. <laughs> yeah. And a all the other people I don't know, I couldn't tell you. And his character name is the same as his name in real life. In life. <laughs> so is Michael's. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, boy. So um one part we probably didn't need was Sally and Susie in the antique mall. Well, what, no, but see, here's the thing about I do- that that I love so much is that the cantina is clearly the side of Venice Antiques. They just put a cantina side on the side door. So I love that they pulled out, use that as an exterior, and then they had some bar set. And then they just used the interior of the actual place that they were shooting that was an actual antique store for a random scene. <laughs> <laughs> But I do like, like the I do like the magic photo. Yeah, I thought photo. I like and that. That's why you got to get him to the antique store so he could see the photo. But other than that, like they were there for such little amount of time. Mm-hmm. And it was so obvious that Sally and Susie were going to be unfortunately dragged into this. Um, and they listened to the kid when he told them they needed to leave. And immediately, even though his brother was like, don't let him leave. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, Mike drives a hard bargain. He's a believable yeah. kid. The important thing is that Sally and Susie and the other unnamed women that were locked in some room somewhere uh, all escaped, according to Reggie. Thanks uh, what to Reggie. You, according, I was going to say, yeah, all thanks to Reggie, <laughs> Reggie. not according to Reggie. No, I'm going to say according to Reggie, because I don't really know what Reggie did when he discovered <laughs> oh, the room of kidnapped women. He's so Just nice. Saying. Like the, the, the wicked, he's, he's so nice. I love when they're trying to think of a plan. When like, like he, first of all, they don't even need to get the to the scene where they explain what's happening to Reggie. It just cuts to them talking about how they're gonna take out the tall man, and then he's like, "I say we go up there and we fucking kick his ass." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like all for it, man. <laughs> then we just put a stick through his fucking arm. He's all yeah, and like yeah, I mean, up to the very end, he tries to go like he doesn't even know that girl who isn't actually. Who is actually Angus Scrim, the uh, the tall man? Yeah. Um, he tries to like just save her life, and then she stabs him because she's evil. Obviously, poor Reggie. Poor Reggie. He's dead or not? I, I don't know. Um, no, we, he's not. We do get a pretty cool car chase. <laughs> yeah, uh, and a cu- cool car explosion. Yeah, vision. that explosion yeah. was huge. I was like, oh, that's where they yeah, saved where's, all where's the money. Where's the explosion rank on the dark man scale? <laughs> it's pretty good, but it's just one car. It's not an entire building. So that's true. It was pretty honorable for its scope. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Ten dark men's. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why Mike got out of the hearse the way he did. Because it, it looked fucking awesome. It did look cool. Yeah. But I'm like, if you have. What did he eat? Did he use the knife to break the window? Uh, no, he, it was a sun, it, there was a sunroof or a sun like top thing. No, I thought he yeah, shot. He a, I thought he shot the window. Oh, yeah. Oh, he man. shot the back window. But I was like, if you've got the gun, why don't you just shoot the guy yeah. instead? <laughs> but instead he shoots the back window and then jumps out of it. But then he also like. He shoots. Stab the, shot I think the he tire. shoots down through the bottom of the car. Yeah. And shoots the tire. Yeah. That's, but that's a cool move. I haven't yeah. really, yeah. <laughs> I can't think of when I've seen that before in the movie from when the inside of a car, somebody shoots the wheel like yeah. thing. And yeah. That was great. So, but yeah, it was great when it hit that pole and then it just completely exploded <laughs> because probably wouldn't have exploded that much just from that one pole, but whatever. You're like, whatever. Oh, well, according to the president, trees are just exploding now. <laughs> literally that's what he said today oh boy (laughs) um yeah the whole the whole thing leads up to those three guys finally getting to explore the um the mausoleum area there and it turns out they they, you know the whole time they they've learned about these you know like squished down people (laughs) that that are running around in jawa suits or whatever Mm -hmm. and I love that the whole time they're like, oh, my God, our parents were buried here. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you think this happened to our parents? And Joey's like, don't even think about it. But then they end up going to go look and see. And uh, the casket's empty, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> the parents is, got squished. Which is fucked up. <laughs> yeah. 
So then you're like, wait, did their parents get murdered or what? Yeah. Um, and the whole time we had seen actually earlier in the movie, we see some random girl. I couldn't tell if it was like the girl with the grandma or somebody, but some girl opens up this door. That's kind of like at the end of the one of the hallways in the mausoleum. And it's just like a bright light and she screams. And then like, that's the end of the scene. Yeah. (laughs) And so we finally get to go in that room, uh, and see it's some sort of crazy futuristic, uh, hologram. It's where the, it's where the tall man practices theremin. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's like a tuning fork for the world. We get a flashback. So we remember Mm. Reggie's tuning fork. Yep. (laughs) It was definitely cool when Mike got sucked into the portal and saw the, Mm -hmm. the Jabba slaves. Yeah, but yeah, I love how immediately he's just like slaves. Yeah, yeah, it didn't necessarily look like they were enslaved, but yeah, nah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it looked like they were walking in a line carrying yeah. those barrels. Like I don't, you know, just because you're walking in a line doesn't mean you're necessarily enslaved. And we definitely didn't see <laughs> yeah. who the masters of them were. Yeah, Mike, I think you're making a lot of uh, assumptions there based on being on the planet for two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what's going on at all some of them might be happy right now <laughs> <laughs> let's hard pivot away from this topic Tommy, um, <laughs> Tommy didn't look so bad he was driving a car <laughs> yeah. uh, well yeah no they're either either they're enslaved in work camp or they're in a conga line and they're a slave to the beat so <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible either way against their own will mm-hmm. uh, and they have to stop it <laughs> They got to stop it. Well, you know, Reggie has this, uh, you know, weird thought of um, putting his hands on <laughs> on these two poles that are there. Right. Because just like the tuning, how a tuning fork. fork works. Yeah. But I don't know why you would make that. But that's not what you do connection. with a tuning fork, is it? <laughs> don't you hit it on something? Does Reggie look like the smartest person? In he the does world? hit it on something. And then and then he does that touching thing. I don't know what that's about. But exactly. Well, no, because that's how he stopped it from resonating. When he touched the top. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So he touches the top of these two poles and immediately the tall man like screams and everything starts freaking out and things start getting sucked into the portal. And um, everything's going it's windy. Nuts. It's so windy. We've got Jody and Mike probably standing right next to each other outside going, Mike, where are you? Jody, where are you? Um, and yeah, like it's it's uh, it seems like shit is going down. This is where Reggie gets killed. We also see the Just mortuary kind of like, oh yeah, he gets knifed. I guess the mortuary also kind of like glows uh, red and yellow, and you're kind of not really sure what's going on. So, so you know they've they've gone out to try like five or six different things at this point, and Mike has escaped every single time and showed up uh, right before the plan is foiled or so, or to save Jody or something. Mm-hmm. And we get to the last one, and the final plan is uh, you stay here while I wait, while, while I lead the tall man to the top of an abandoned mining shaft, right? <laughs> yeah, I like, no, th- yeah, this scene is so funny because they get back home after all that craziness and, like, I had had to pause the movie uh, for whatever reasons last time and there's only, like, it pauses and there's only, like, ten minutes left at this point so I was like, oh man, there's, like, nothing left and he gets back home and he's like, he's sitting there and he's like, yeah, there's a, you know, there's a mine shaft up in the mountains that's... <laughs> Like over a hundred feet deep or something, and you're just like, "Where is this coming from?" He didn't mention this the entire time, and it 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 just kind of comes out of nowhere, yeah. And the whole plot is that they're going to go and cover up the signage so that the <laughs> the tall man won't know he's about to drive into the mining shaft, despite the fact that he's been in that town for possibly centuries. <laughs> yeah centuries like he could have dug the mine i just realized you guys probably didn't grow up with saturday morning cartoons that had psa's about not playing around unlabeled mine shafts no but i what? sure did <laughs> that's, that's the thing in nevada there's there's mine shafts that have been left abandoned and you're not supposed to go play around them i never did because the psa's were terrifying oh my god <laughs> that's real yeah uh. 
<laughs> I do like that. This whole plan sounds like it's ripped out of like, you know, Sc- Scooby-Doo or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, We're going to trap the ghost in a, in a, yeah. a giant hole of, uh, and then something. Velma will get the lights. Yeah. <laughs> we'll pull the so mask off. At this point, I sort of had a hard time following, but it looks like the plan works. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Jody's like, yeah. Jody's and up then- on the hill with its arms raised. Like, we did it. Yeah. O'Doyle rules. Yeah. Just like that. <laughs> and then Mike's watching, right? Because he had yeah. snuck out again. Yeah. 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 Mike was Mike is the he one who like stay put. Mike is the one who leads the uh the guy into the into the um mine shaft. And then yeah. Jody's the one who pushes a bunch of boulders down off. <laughs> oh yeah. Some very large, like Indiana Jones ball sized yeah. boulders. <laughs> Because I mean, if he's just gonna fall down a pit, he could still be—he could still crawl out, I guess. Now you gotta cover. Well, when you fall down a bottomless pit, you die of starvation. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Although we don't know how the t- tall man eats or anything. That's true. <laughs> we don't know how the tall man eats. He's been alive that long. Who knows what he does? <laughs> Is it like poetic or ironic or just sad that the? Aliens are short, but the man is tall. (laughs) (laughs) Or do you think that he is one of them and he is short? And so when he has the chance to take over a human body, he purposely makes himself like really tall. Well, I actually don't think that he is. I think that that they turn people into short things that they can control. Like, I think that there might be a whole society of tallmen. Oh, they're all on the planet. Yeah. Okay. Mm, Got it. Got it. Interesting. We'll find out. Yeah, potentially. I actually okay, don't so, remember uh, much about the sequels, so I have not yeah, seen any um, of them. Yeah. Okay, so so the plan works. Jody celebrates. Mike's watching, and then it just cuts. Like Jody wakes up and or no, Mike wakes up in bed. I think right. Yeah. Yes. I, I thought he woke up like sitting oh. by the fire. Oh with, yeah, by the fireplace with Reggie. Yeah. And he's just like. <laughs> he's he's like weeping. Reggie's alive now mm-hmm. and jody's dead jody is actually dead and then reggie gives like a tearful incredibly strangely earnest for this the tone of this film speech about how he's gonna like do right by jody and raise mike on his own and it, they'll never be apart and they're gonna go on a road trip now and he's like let me sing you a song I'm playing by the fire. <laughs> yeah. It's just piano man, but ice cream man. <laughs> ice cream. So like <laughs> what was a dream? Yeah. Right. It's, it's really weird um, because we see, we also see shots of, um, of Mike, like at Jody's gravestone in, in a cemetery that looks very different from any of the cemetery that we see. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the rest of the movie. And you see that it was like, you know, he had died 1978 or whatever. Um, and apparently he died in a car crash as well. Right. That's what yep. they said. It was a car crash and it had nothing to do with the tall man that doesn't exist. According to Reggie, mm-hmm. Reggie seems to have no memory of any of the. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And, and uh, so the movie kind of leaves you with this, like, Oh, you know, maybe you could have interpreted it as like, this kid dealing with the death of his parents and his brother and making up this crazy story in his head or something about the tall man taking my family and other people's families and doing all this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the two movies they did before this were actually pretty serious, like coming of age. Like the, it was like one was a, it, the first movie he did was about uh older like this exact situation like an older brother having to take care of uh, a younger brother after their parents died and like they were dramas like that's what that's what he was trying to do Mm -hmm. so i think that he was trying you know i think that maybe it's supposed to feel a little bit like that um and like it's kind of a fucked up idea of like that's what trauma would do to you is like there's the it's really more horrifying to be you know not being able to deal with the emotion and the loss that you have and then to like double put like the surprise ending where the tall man is back in the room and is going to get you. Yeah. It's like it's fairly terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's like one super interesting, valid rating. Um, another way to, lo- and I guess we'll find out in the sequel to look at it might be like r- the tall man 
Reggie is the tall man in disguise and they're mm-hmm. gaslighting. Yeah. Like, mm. yeah, that it all did happen. And they're trying you to make just do it. not trust Reggie. <laughs> I do not. No. Well, the no. last person to see Reggie alive was the tall man. So I would. That's true. It would make sense. And maybe he like assumes the form of someone he's killed or something. I could see. Or that. maybe Mike's in a barrel. No. Mike's in a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> barrel of Mikey's. Mikes. That's a barrel of Mikes. There's <laughs> a very regular barrel of Mikes over here. Uh, yeah, and that's and that's just the process of being being scrunched. <laughs> yeah, like what do you guys think the scrunching process is? Because it's weird. To, you have to live out all of your worst fears and all of their different varieties. And as each one you do, you shrink a little bit more and more. <laughs> well, it's weird yeah, like, that there are like. The ones in the Jawa outfits running around in the mortuary, but then there's also ones that are packed away in these like oil oil bins or whatever. <laughs> Which it is incredible that they when you see them and you know what they look like, they're not scary at all. But there are some genuine scares that involve them, like just seeing them moving and doing they stuff in bite. this movie. They yeah. bite you. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, I mean, maybe they put you in the barrel and then every day, like put the lid down another centimeter so that you very slowly like crunch so that you never actually die, but that you like become, I don't know. They're like, they're like I little love, pressure. I how it's like a sourdough starter for them where it's just like, yeah, you're going to take a little bit and then all right. Every day you become more and more dehydrated <laughs> and like you shrink instead of like getting crushed and just dying. Right. Yeah. But he also has to reanimate them somehow too, because these are dead people he's taking. Right. Oh, you're right. Then you could do whatever and then stuff like you could cut out all the vertebrae and ribs you don't need. Yeah, the- maybe they just he just cuts out the torsos <laughs> <laughs> and sews everything back together. Yeah, he's literally cutting out the middle, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great. Uh, I am going to retire from the podcast now. Thank you very yeah, much. Good night. Good night. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. All right. Well, is it about that time? I also I think that we have to listeners have to write in and tell us what they think the barrel process is, because or I would love what to they know think at all. Any theories. <laughs> I'm happy to hear any theories. Also, before we move into the uh, rating system, I want to just play my favorite clip that I have from the Please. from the movie here. Here we go. Um. Oh, shit. <laughs> 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 that time he turns around and sees him is so great. It's so, so great. Good. That's like, oh, yeah, the only uh, only line delivery like some random kid can give you. Yep. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so good. So funny. Uh, how many barrel of mics would you give? <laughs> barrel of mics. Phantasm. Um, you know. <sighs> I uh, I really like this movie a lot. Um, I was originally going to give it an eight, but I think I'm going to bump it up even. I'm going to bump it up to a nine. Um, I just think like, you know, seeing this movie and then reading more about it and just like, I think it's an incredible feat of independent filmmaking. Like the fact that this movie was, you know, completely independently financed. It sounds like they, you know, cut all the corners they could and did crazy shit to make this, make this movie happen. And then to find out that, you know, years later, it's now like perennially on the top, like, you know, 100 horror movies of all time list. And it's like this huge Mm -hmm. cult thing is like such an amazing achievement. Um, I just like, yeah, I just, I think this movie has just such a weird vibe to it. Um, that it's fun to rewatch and just kind of like, sink into that feeling of unsettledness and, and, uh, and mystery in this movie. And, and I really enjoy the sci-fi turn, you know, that nobody sees coming and, and just kind of slowly learning the mysteries about the tall man, but still not really learning anything. It just makes me like really eager to watch these next movies where I don't mm-hmm. necessarily always feel like I'm like, Oh man, I can't wait to see what happens next. Um, I, from what I've hear I've heard like things get pretty crazy. So I'm excited to, for them to maybe lean even further into the sci-fi and get more into the lore of the tall man. I just really think that, uh, I'm not surprised that this movie has endured so well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited that we're watching through these. Yeah. I'm going to give it a, or uh, sorry, I'm going to give it seven, uh, barrel of mics. Um, 
I, I, I know I, I poked a lot of fun at it, but I really did enjoy this movie. And I think it is very, very cool. And um, just like an amazing feat that they, this is, you know, made the same year as Star Wars, like on just a fraction of the budget. And it's just, that's just crazy. It's super cool. And, um, you know, uh, I just like to, uh, theorize and uh, overthink the possibilities of these things. That's why I, we are obsessed with things like Lost and, <laughs> you know, um, uh, uh, Westworld and all these shows and, you know, the the whole JJ mystery box thing. Like, you know, you can see why he would love this movie so much and why we like those kind of things that are so mysterious and you get some answers but not really like justin said so <laughs> yeah i mean i um well we can talk about our predictions after this but but yeah um it's super cool and you can definitely tell why it's a classic and how many other people and things it inspired yeah absolutely i i i think that i will never be able to fully appreciate this movie for seeing it in the moment before everything that was kind of, it, it was kind of a renaissance of horror movies at the time. So there was so much stuff that feels pulled from so many different things, but so much of the DNA of the modern horror movie is in this movie. And uh, so it's one of those things that I just, I will never be able to fully appreciate it because it's, it's reverse engineering. It's the, the seeing the thing on the Simpsons episode, then going back back and actually seeing the real mm. thing. Um, yeah. So I'm going to give it nine barrels of Mike. I think that <laughs> this movie is just, it's, it's an amazing achievement and incredibly inspiring for independent filmmakers out there. Like it's, it's really awesome. And it has a bunch of the insane bizarro ideas that you can only get when there's not 10,000 producers over your shoulder. Mm. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it and I'm super excited to dive into it. Cause I, I forgot how much I loved this movie and what a fondness I had for it. And I'm like mad at myself for not diving deeper into the series before now. <laughs> well, don't worry. We got plenty of phantasm coming up here. Um, and in fact, uh, the next movie is called phantasm two. Not much to go off of as far oh, as, okay, as far no as guess. Um, how many years later? Yeah. So, you know, the, the, when the movie first came out, I, you know, it kind of got like a little bit of a, you know, it wasn't like a huge hit and it took a long time. Uh, you know, it took a while for it to start to build that cult status. So the second movie doesn't come until 1988. Wow. So yep. almost 10 years later for Phantasm 2. Um, but it's, yeah, he made the first Beastmaster afterwards. Yeah. Same director and everything. So uh, I'm excited to see his continuing vision into the second movie. I don't know what's going to, I mean, I honestly have no idea what's going to happen. I just wish, I just hope that we get more insight into what exactly is going on with the tall man like what is he doing what's his plans yeah i mean i have no idea i mean is the tall man even going to be there or is the uh, is are the character like i don't are we going to find out if what happened to mike was actually real or not you know i have no idea yeah i don't know either i'm assuming since just so much later that it's going to be just all new characters and Probably the tall man. I don't know. I feel like he might be the type of guy that can only do it with his buddies. Jody's back in Jody's back. And now he's an ice cream man. (laughs) I tried not to uh, spoil anything, but like there's a reason that there's no child star check in for this episode. So. Ah. Oh, uh oh. <laughs> okay. That always sounds ominous to me. And <laughs> yeah. I don't want to know it. It's not bad ominous, but oh, you know, okay. there's no, yeah. there's no point like, in talking about it. Is my if it was something I bad, see. I would tell you, please. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I don't mind being the bearer of bad child star news. <laughs> I was like, oh, what the fuck did he do? No, 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 no. Mike, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Of course not. Uh okay. So yes, uh, we'll be back with that next week. But in the meantime, uh, send us your theories and we're happy to discuss them and uh, debate who has the best theory. SequelRights at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at SequelRights. I was just thinking about the thing that would be so bad that you wouldn't tell us. And it's just like, and then Mike grew up to be Mitch McConnell. (laughs) 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 I knew it. I knew it. That would be. That would be. Well, he changed his name to Mitch. <laughs> yeah, but his friends call him Mitch. Dun dun dun. Don't put that on this guy. 
I know. That's terrible. I was just thinking That's about terrible. like the worst thing. What the worst uh, thing could be. Yeah. <laughs> but after that rant, please give us five stars for quality content like that uh, on, the, on Apple Podcasts. We do really appreciate it. It actually does help. Uh, if you like our podcast, uh, that's that's all we ask. You don't have any ads or everything else. If you give us five stars, we're happy you're happy. Uh, <laughs> that's so I guess right. next week it's, it's Phantasm 2. Yeah, well, uh, I sure <laughs> hope you uh, show up next week for Phantasm 2. We'll see you guys then. Uh, well, shit. <laughs> um. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> see you guys. Do, 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 do.